Have you ever wondered what it would be like to have to flee your own country, spend days or weeks in a leaky boat on dangerous rolling seas, and then arrive in a new country where you are terrorised even more? Well, that's the life confronting millions of people in this world who have no choice but to seek asylum. All these people want is a fair go, but here in Australia, our government, in our name, treats these desperate people with cruelty and inhumanity. Here at 3CR, we aim to give these people a voice, a chance to speak out and let you know that they are just like us, people with hopes and aspirations, people who deserve to be treated as we would expect to be treated if we found ourselves in this position. Refugee Radio is the voice of refugees. It's hard to go on living when your future is denied. Good day and welcome to Refugee Radio. I'm your host, Celine Yap. Um, and thank you for being with us this morning. We um, at Refugee Radio have started uh, a series on services that um, that people seeking asylum in the community might not um, actually know about that they, um, that can support them in the community. Uh, so we thought that we would run a small series and we've partnered with the ASRC, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, to talk about all the programs that are available, um, how these programs can, can help and how people can join and apply and also how people can help with these programs. Um, so last week we had Gail Carr, the community Community Engagement Manager. And this week, um, we have Mr. Glenn Fernandez, um, the Entrepreneurs Program Coordinator um, of the ASRC. Um, and he's here to talk about their um, Entrepreneurs Program and what it can do. And um, welcome to the studio, Glenn, and thank you so much for coming on this quite rainy, cold morning. <laughs> Thank you, Celine. Um, nice and warm here. It's really nice. Oh, that's uh, good. <laughs> normally, I'd be smashing a golf ball around a oh, golf no. course. or In the storm. Or smashing avocados. So oh. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, those, those are all it's incredibly miserable. noble pursuits, I must say. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it is. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for coming in. Um, so could you tell us a bit about the this program? I've read about it. Um, it sounds really good. Um, could you explain to our listeners um, what it what it does? Yeah, sure. Um, look, our, our the purpose of our program, we're a relatively new program, like Gail's program, I think three years, she said. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. Was, um, this started in 2015 also, um, and um, <clears throat> we, we exist to support and empower people seeking asylum to achieve self-determination, basically. Um, and Could you explain self-determination, actually? Because it's, it's, a, it's a term that gets thrown around quite a lot, and true. I don't think people go into as much detail to explain that. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, not at all. I think it's a, it's a good question, um, and and I think you're, you are right. You know, we... Uh, um, in our world, self-determination, uh, we I think we take for granted. Mm, mm. Um, the people and the community we work with, you know, um, they've come, they've kind of fled their own home country because of a number of reasons, mainly because they can't control what's going on, whether that's war, persecution. Um, and, and then they come to our country and then there's a whole bunch of stuff they can't control because our system uh, also, uh, I guess, marginalizes them. And so they they kind of go from crisis to crisis, and um, and what happens is they lose control over their destiny and their future, and they're held in limbo, I guess, when we work with them. And um, 
And so self-determination is really quite important to try and, uh, uh, I guess, engender in them. Uh, they do, um, people seeking asylum arrive here, they, they survive initially, uh, obviously coming out of detention and then into the community. And organisations like ours kind of wrap our arms around them and um, it's quite paternalistic and for good reason because um, they've been traumatised um, and, uh, you know, they, they do suffer some mental, emotional health issues and, and physical, they then causes physical issue, um, mm. health issues. And so um, when they do have their basics stabilised, you know, housing, food, um, health, uh, and in our case, the people we work for, their legal status, you know, in terms of application, getting that prepared, they generally kind of move along to try and, I guess, um, try and integrate. And part of that integration is learning to speak English, obviously, find employment, uh, study, or start a business. So, um, so self-determination, um, I guess we work under principles of empowerment, uh, providing support, high level of support, highly supported program, um, and also just helping people navigate through our business landscape uh, and our business culture, how, bus- how business is done. It can be quite daunting, especially if you come from a different country where things work a bit differently and especially when you're taken out of your own community and thrown into a new one and you don't know what the culture is like or what, you know, what is okay, what's not okay. Yeah, that's right, you know. And, mm. and so, again, you know, coming into a space, even though it's within kind of the business space, not understanding how things are done, um, what rules to follow, uh, both culturally and legally. Mm. Um, so those are the things we try to kind of support and help our, our participants in. And... Um, and so that they can make informed decisions. So what we try to do is um, drive them towards key decision points that they can then um, acquire the right skills uh, and or knowledge uh, to be able to make an informed decision. And they own that decision. So our role is to support them to get there. Um, so that's kind of what we mean by self-determination because at some point they make, it, they make a decision on whether a business is actually the right thing for them. And, um, and it's part of our kind of pro, um, <clears throat> program outcomes that um, they, they are empowered with that knowledge and skill to be able to make that informed decision. That's one of the outcomes we're looking for. And therefore, if they go in, off and seek employment, that's actually a good outcome that, yeah. that we would consider that a success. Um, but uh, sorry, not only that, uh, we obviously... You know, another success is that they acquire the skills and capability to actually run a business themselves. That's ultimately um, the success we're looking for them to, for for them. Um, or they um, they can attain some income that's sustainable for them. It may not be they might be working part time and trading part time. So that would be a form of success that we would consider too. So they're kind of three outcomes that we're looking at. Yes, start a business. Be um, Get some income as part of uh, uh, part of their total income, and see to actually then determine that uh, actually employment is better option for them. Because you know, uh, I'm sure the small business owners in your listeners in your yeah. audience this morning would agree. You know, a small business in Australia is not not it's easy. Not easy. Yeah. yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> so complicated. Um, we're we're highly governed. We there's there's high levels of compliances. 
and um, uh, permits. You got to you know be registered. You, um, there's risk elements that we need to help people understand. And a lot of the time, you need huge capital behind you to. to yeah, get, so that's a good mm-hmm. point. Um, so uh, our the participants that we work with generally are not able to participate in our mainstream business um, community. So our our job is to prepare them for that mainstream um, because of their visa status. Um, they have limited access to finance, for instance. So high capital generally is unattainable um, unless they, they partner with a local resident in their business and they have different source of uh, lending or borrowing, I should say. Um, so we, we work with several partners, microfinance partners, to kind of help them um, access that, mm. that finance and, and start to establish a credit uh, rating so that they again it's part about pre- it's part of preparing them to participate in mainstream so that, that's the role we, we we kind of play we're not we're not a course per se we're not an accredited course we're not um, we're not a consultancy practice uh, what we are uh, what we do provide is one-on-one coaching that's the basis of the framework that we have uh, is to provide uh, that one-on-one support um, and we have a you know a, f- a pretty flexible adaptive framework uh, where we we basically personalize the learning for the individual based on the skills and experience they already have, um, and uh, it's a strength based approach. So it's what you have as opposed to what you don't have. That's really good. So you don't waste a lot of time as well. Yeah, it also gives um, you know part of our role is also to build people's confidence. Yeah, so part of coaching is to help people build confidence, and yeah, you know. When you're working with people that are traumatized, uh, part of that trauma-informed practice is also to work on on an individual's strengths to give them confidence. Uh, so that's that's what we aim to do, strive to do, um, and also enables them to do things, you know, as opposed to sit back and, you know, so get out there, try something, uh, and learn from that that trial, you know. So mm. so generally, uh, just going back to your, you know. Um, earlier point around capital <clears throat> you know we're starting people off on micro businesses first and um that way there's less risk yeah less risk mm-hmm. less capital um you know which is really interesting yeah i mean we, we we're dealing with a community who um like really embrace risk you look at the journey they've got That's to true, that, yeah. <laughs> that they've come from uh, the, sorry the journey they've taken to leave their country um, to get on a boat, get on the plane, whatever that is. Um, so they, the risk appetite is quite high, uh, which is a kind of good and bad thing. <laughs> um, uh, but it's generally good. Um, uh, we know that um, in new arrivals, immigrants, refugees, people seeking asylum, that community, there's generally a higher ratio of uh, business, people going into business. It's roughly three times the size of normal mainstream. No way. Yeah, yeah it's that's about, quite interesting. Yeah, it's about 30%, give or take, um, versus kind of like a 10% in mainstream. And do you think a part so, of that is um, courage and bravery? And just yeah, being persistence. Able to take you know, be able yeah. to take risk, um, bounce back from failure. Um, so, you know, in small business, again, you know, you, you've got to be uh, resilient to failure. Mm, you can't and get pick down yourself on yourself. Yeah. yeah, pick yourself up, try something else. Um, and, and persistence, yeah. So mm. so all of those attributes are synonymous with the community we work with. So it's really quite heartening and, and actually quite inspiring working with some of the people we work with um, in terms of their 
ingenuity to solve a problem, but also then go off and try things and prepare, be prepared to fail and then try something else, um, which is, you know, um, really interesting when we bring coaches on board, for instance, um, we all our coaches are volunteers um, and they come from a business community where every problem is solvable. And um, they also come from much more conservative uh, background environment. And um, it's a, you know, it's a real privilege to bring those two communities together. I mean, I, I get to do it and, and, and try to make that work uh, and prepare both for engaging with each other. Um, so yeah, it's a real, um, it, it's a really interesting s space to see it from, you know. Um, and and the business coaches come into our environment and deal with our um, you know people seeking asylum, and they they suddenly realise it's it, they're having conversations that's actually more than just a business problem, and, and that really kind of not so much freaked them out, but suddenly puts them out of their comfort zone. So they suddenly realise that actually that this is more than just me advising on business. Uh, it's a, actually a two-way exchange. There's a cultural exchange there that, that takes place too. And what do they say they gain from that aside from the cultural? Well, yeah, I, I think um, uh, certainly if you speak to, I think one of our, you know, some of our established coaches that have kind of had the experience a bit more and seen more people, I, I think they would say that um, they, uh, oh, I certainly get this feedback anyway, mm. that, um, uh, you know, it wasn't quite what they expected when they signed up. They you know, they, I say they because I was a business coach volunteer too, so I, I should say we. You know, we think that we sign up to kind of tell people what to do, but the reality of it is actually um, you, you get as much in terms of a cultural exchange and a personal exchange and you, um, uh, you, you learn to develop your emotional IQ too. Um, uh, th there is a whole bunch of stuff you can learn from understanding where, put, you know, the other person's journey. Uh, what they've gone through, and um, and that's part of the trusting relationship that you need to have between coach and the and the coachee. Um, if, if you don't have that, then it becomes a transactional. You know, do this, do that, uh, try this. Um, most of our coaches are invested. They invested in the individuals that they work with, and that's part of the kind of like really lovely uh, community we have. You know, so. And um, the people seeking asylum, uh, obviously, how, how, how long have you run this program for now? Personally? Yeah. Uh, I've been in the role for about 18 months oh, okay. or so. Yeah. Um, and what have you heard back from people seeking asylum? Have they, what are the benefits and um, whether there's been a, any success stories out of this program? And uh, like you said, a, su a success story can be someone deciding that they'll go and find a job instead yeah. of trying to run a small business. And, and that's a, a success in itself because they've tried it. They know what it's like. Um, they've chosen not to do it. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> The feedback that we get uh, with those that have, we've, we've worked for a little while, I, I say a little while, uh, I can I just give you examples, probably mm. better if I give, I, I, I can't use names. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's fantastic, that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we have a young lady who engaged in our program a couple of years ago. Um, um, she was uh, from Iran, She was she's an architect, but of course her, her qualifications. qualifications not recognized mm. here. Um, and she wanted to import some building materials out of Iran and, you know, wanted to engage in that space still. Um, and then kind of decided um, 
she kind of stopped engaging the program and went off to study actually so she went to melbourne polytechnic and got her interior design certificate mm. and um and since she um qualified last year she she uh, got a, a job as an interior designer working with an architect because she's got obviously architectural thinking you know uh, mindset if you like and, uh, and and then decided that she would like to start her own interior design business. So she came back to us um, and, um, and and needed help. And and generally, you know, we, we, we work with a kind of like broad spectrum of people. This is just an example. And this is an example where, you know, she wanted to start something and then kind of decided she actually she, she needed, needed to improve more, her. Yeah. yeah, she wanted to kind of like go off and study and, and get a qualification albeit a certificate, which is still awesome. Um, but it kind of aligned with her ex- expertise too. And um, and after, you know, a year of doing that, have kind of come back. And knowing and in her mind that she had that tool available to her as well, this support that you guys provide, she would have had that in the back of her mind thinking, yeah, and then, and which would why she came back to you. And- yeah, I mean, the program had evolved a bit. Since, uh, and then when she, when she, by the time she got back, but nevertheless, the support was a, a, a continuing element. And um, look, I mean, then, you know, she came with, you know, with a whole bunch of questions, really, you know, driven, inquisitive about, you know, things like financials, you know, how do you set up a business, you know, what are the tax implications, what's the entity I need to set it up in, you know, and so a whole bunch of kind of finance related um, questions. And we had, we have a coach uh, who specializes in that space. So we, uh, we had her spend some time with him. And then she had a whole bunch of kind of like marketing related, customer related, client related questions she needed to solve. And so we then moved her onto a coach who had a marketing expertise and, uh, and helped her start developing her website. And, and, and look, she, where she's at at the moment is that she's still working. And I think she's trying to kind of move from part time. So this whole nine to five, five to nine, nine to five uh, job and five to nine mm-hmm. work on your business. That's kind of like the phase she's in, right? So she's trying to kind of get herself up and going um, and start to get referrals. Um, and I'm sure she'll have a, you know, at some point, again, this is a dis- another decision-making point, you know, when do I quit my job and I can sustain myself with my business, you know? So um, that's in a way a, a kind of like, um, uh, as opposed to a success story, it's a successful journey. Let's yeah. call it, yeah, uh, that's because true. you know I hate to think you know that that journey hasn't ended yet, yeah. and and no journey should end in a way, but uh, I'd rather kind of look at it from a, a, a successful journey. I mean, I think she will succeed. I mean, sorry, I don't think I'm, I'm pretty sure she'll succeed because of the motivation and persistence that I see in her. Mm. Uh, we ended up introducing her to a, an industry mentor, um, so you know one of the good things we can do also is connect through our community, um, uh, an industry mentor, uh, an interior designer, uh, just basically showing her the ropes uh, of that industry. You know, um, none of our coaches, I guess, had that direct interior design. I mean, we can advise her on some or support her on some broad business issues. Uh, But, you know, in interior design, we were able to connect her with interior designer, then she can really get into that industry vertical and deep deeper into that and also the network that's the other important mm. piece right the network yeah. of that 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 um the interior design because they do co- they do come here without a network and in business right. you know your networks are your most important asset so yeah that's right and 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 so one of the key activities apart from the coaching is that we we um um 
uh, organize events um, so that we can kind of bring our business community and our participant community together and start kind of helping and support that network creation. Um, um, so there's an aspect of learning learning business fundamentals and then there's an aspect of like the soft skills of building relationships. And um, so we so we, we do that and we, we have, you know, uh, a, a key networking event every every couple of months, every two to three months. Um, and, and that's what we, we try to do, yeah. I have a question about sure. um, when you, like talking about getting people in to mentor and, and that kind of thing. Um, due to, obviously, a lot of media um, tend to, there's all this stuff going on politically with asylum seekers and, and refugees. Um, what is the reaction when you approach a business or, you know, people in the industry to do this program? Because uh, the media would like to portray it as, you know, the wider community is against people seeking asylum. But deep down, I, I believe that if people got the opportunity to help, they would they would take it and and they would recognize that that's all these that these people are just seeking a, a, a home, you know, to set up in. And um, do you do you get that when you when you yeah, speak to look, them? Look, I mean, um, I have to say, um, the media does us does a, a good job for us because actually, what happens is it motivates people to do more. Um, so I'm always. Um, uh, not surprised when people when I ask people are prepared to you know um, to do more. And is that what you what yeah. you come across most of the time that people are willing to? to yeah, come we and have. Uh, so, for instance, I mean, we have an amazing supporter and partner kind of um, community, and by that I mean, you know, uh, volunteers are a supporter group, and they're very important. Uh, we have not only coaches, we have people that organize events, uh, we have admin support. I mean, the whole program is only exists because we have volunteers. The volunteers deliver the program, basically, yeah. Um, we, um, so we uh, work with Small Business Victoria, uh, who, who uh, so we work with two organizations that help us with uh, knowledge building uh, resources. Small Business Victoria, we access all of the Small Business Victoria resources, and we also run Small Business Victoria workshops for our, um, for our participants for free. Um, uh, we also work with a Fitzroy, uh, with an organization called Fitzroy Academy. It's a social enterprise. Uh, shout out to Will Dable, who's the founder, uh, who's generously um, allowed our, our community to access, so both coaches and our participants, to access the library of resources that he has online, uh, which is all delivered by video. So business fundamentals develop, deliver, delivered by video. So depending on uh, the individual's learning needs, we have different resources to tap into. Um, both have, um, you know, focus on this cross-cultural and English as a second language uh, issues. Um, you know, Fitzroy Academy have uh, they do videos in English, but you can slow the videos down, and it's got translation, uh, trans, um, what do you call it, um, subtitles in about uh, 100 languages, I think, which is awesome. Mm. Um uh, speak, speaking to Small Business Victoria, speaking of Small Business Victoria, SBV, uh, this year, this next two years, they will be focusing on the um, culturally and linguistically diverse communities. Uh, so they're looking at uh, sometime in the new year uh, holding workshops, multilingual workshops, which is awesome, which is great. You know, So 
so we're very fortunate and grateful to have partners like that. Um, then we have a, par- a event partner in Unbound, who's another social enterprise that helps us um, run our events. Uh, they're an education organisation working with universities, and um, and they help us bring our community together and facilitate that for us. And we've got one upcoming uh, in September. Uh, I think it's the 16th of September. We've got a kind of networking, personal branding um, event um, facilitated by Unbound. And then we've got microfinance partners. Uh, we work with Thrive uh, Refugee Enterprises, uh, Many Rivers, and Good Shepherd Microfinance. And um, they, uh, we consulted them in terms of what what do we need to do to prepare people for microfinance. And they've been very generous in sharing that with us. And we, where it's appropriate, we'll refer with people that are ready into those organisations. And uh, and finally, we also partner across the sector. You know, uh, one of the uh, uh, key partners that we have at the moment is Brother at St. Lawrence. So we're kicking off a Stepping Stones program, kicking off next Thursday, every Thursday for 15 weeks. And it's a more structured delivery. Uh, so you heard me talk about the one-on-one coaching, which is a more flexible delivery. Uh, we're co-delivering Stepping Stones with uh, Brother at St. Lawrence, um, who's got great experience. They've been running this program for seven years uh, for women only. And uh, our partnership uh, has opened it up to a mixed cohort. And uh, as of uh, Friday, we've got, I think, 26, 27. We, we were chasing 25 uh, for the um, for, for, for to fill the class. Um, like I said, we've got 26, 27. So we kick off next Thursday. That's so that's really exciting. Can people still sign up or are you still Yeah, they can. For- I, I think the first five weeks, uh, not I think, I know. First five weeks, we go through an empowerment program first. And... Mm. Uh, or I should say an empowerment block, mm. which is all around like setting goals, um, financial literacy. And actually at the end of the five weeks, we kind of help people kind of think through that whole decision-making. Is business the right thing for me? You know, what are my capabilities? What are my strengths? So uh, so it's not too late. Um, yeah. So uh, it kicks off on the 23rd. Uh, if you're interested, uh, if you know someone who's interested, um, you can reach me. Um, on business te- business.team at asrc.org.au um, and uh, we certainly can slot them in. Um, yeah. And um, we will put this up on our um, Facebook page and um, share that information as well. So um, just in case you've just tuned in, um, we're speaking to Glenn Fernandez, the um, Entrepreneurs Program Coordinator from the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, and he's talking to us about their entrepreneurs program and what they can do to support um, people seeking asylum who would like to to learn about starting up a small business um, and things like that. Uh, so, um, w- while we're at it, too, how can people can can people still sign up to volunteer as well as part of the program? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any of your audience, if they're, we're certainly interested in. Um, connecting with um, industry mentors. So if you own a business or you have knowledge in, you know, food retailing, um, um, that could mean cafe, restaurants, or actually just selling food. Um, online retailing, so you've got experiences in those, we'd really like to hear from you. Um, domestic services, child and age care, and even creative, we get a lot of creative people coming through. Um, 
and um, and it's nice to reach out to the creative community to to be able to network them and help them and support them. Mm, from what I've We're seen, kind of, the food and the creative, um, there have been a lot of uh, people seeking asylum who've set up amazing um, programs around food. Yeah, and and arts. Yeah, yeah. Th- those two seem to stand out quite quite a bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, so yeah. If there's people out there that are interested in supporting, helping, um, you can reach me on business.team at asrc.org.au. Um, yeah, reach out to me and I'm happy we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat. And if you know anyone as well who's interested in, um, who you think would be interested in signing up if they're not listening to the program or they don't really, you know, because um, sometimes people, <laughs> sometimes not everyone listens to radio these days. No. Um, <laughs> well, except for us, our special listeners today. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Glenn. It's about time to wrap up at the moment. And um, thank you for sharing all your insights with us. And My yeah. pleasure. Thank you for the time. <laughs> I really appreciate it. No worries. Um, we will be going out to a track by, um, by an amazing... Um, person seeking asylum named Moz uh, he's a great musician and he's written a few things as well and um, this one is called The Birds and he did it in partnership with Ruth Mundy and it's a really beautiful song I did try and play it last week um, and failed spectacularly but I will give this another go thank you for listening in um, you've been listening to Refugee Radio please stay tuned for the Latin American update I don't know how I am or how I came 